Welcome to the podcast of Dr. Jeff R. Steele. Dr. Steele is the senior pastor of Redeeming Grace Church of Coleman, Alabama. He's a conference speaker, owner of the Christian music group The Steels, and an award-winning singer and songwriter. Now, here's Dr. Steele. I want to talk to you today about one of the most dangerous doctrinal ideas that I believe has crept into the church over the last 50 years or so. Now, there's a lot of ways that I could state this particular doctrine this morning, but probably the easiest way for me to state it so that we will all understand it together is the insidious and dangerous doctrine that good things happen to good people. If good things happen to good people, then we must follow logically and extrapolate to the next part, bad things happen to bad people. It's the old idiom that your grandmother probably taught you in one way or another that says, don't trouble trouble and trouble won't trouble you. But we all know something, don't we? You can not trouble trouble. You can stay as far away from it as you want to. And bad stuff happens anyway, doesn't it? Because the Word of God teaches us clearly that it rains on the just and the unjust. It rains on good folks. It rains on bad folks. The same sun that rose this morning and illuminated the most beautiful home in this county also rose and illuminated the filthiest pigsty also. The same sun that melts butter hardens clay. And the truth is today, the best way we can describe our lives is to say this, if it's not one thing, it's another. Mom, you finally get them raised. I mean, you have cleaned up after them. You've wiped down the refrigerator from their handprints. You've followed them around picking up their clothes to make up a load of laundry. You've taken them to all of the cheerleader tryouts and little league games that your body can stand. You've done it for some of you two or three decades. And finally, you get the last one pushed out the door. Mom, finally, some time to sit down and rest. Except for the fact that the grandchildren just knocked on the door. And you've got to start the whole process over again. Dad, you tried really hard. You worked all of your life because you've been eating pork and beans. You've been eating this. You've been eating that. But you've had a secret desire all of your life to eat steak. And finally, you have made enough money so you can go down to the grocery store and buy you a steak. Finally, you can walk into a restaurant, order you a steak because you've got enough money to pay for one now. And then you take a bite into the thing and your dentures fall out and you still can't eat steak. <laughs> if it ain't one thing, it's another. You might be here today and you might say, hey, I understand why trouble comes to the rascals out there. I understand why the scoundrels amongst us have trouble, but why me? Why do bad things happen to me? Folks, bad things happen to all of us from time to time because we are, every one of us, still under construction. God is not finished with us just yet. He has not yet shaped us and molded us into the person, into the believer, into the child of God 
that he means for us to be. So he's shaping and molding our characters. As an eagle, our text says, so the Lord. God pictures himself as an eagle. I want you to see the eagle today, the majestic mama eagle as she goes to, I guess, the eagle OBGYN and finds out she's expecting some little eaglets in the not too distant future. And she begins to make preparation for those little eaglet babies to come. She finds a place in the crevice of a rock on the side of a mountain that is safe. And then she begins to collect the materials to make the nest where the little baby eaglets will be born and where they will grow up. She builds the foundation for that nest out of sticks and then she begins to go around everywhere she can see and she collects grass and leaves. She even collects the pelts of dead animals so that she can make a soft, warm, fuzzy place for the little baby eaglets when they are born. She prepares that perfect, soft, nurturing place for her babies to come into the world and to be raised under her tender watch care. Boy, when I see Mama Eagle building that nest for those baby eaglets who are still inside of her body and don't even know what the world looks like, when I see that Mama Eagle gathering the materials together to make a safe, warm place for her eagles to be raised and to be nurtured and to be fed, I see Mama Eagle doing for those little baby eaglets who aren't even born yet what they cannot do for themselves. And I want to say this today, and I want you to hear me. Long before you ever thought about God, long before you ever made a decision to follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, long before you became a nice, warm, wonderful member of this church, God had already done for you what you could not do for yourself. He created a warm nesting place for you to come and to find some refuge from the world, the flesh, and the devil. Long before you ever thought about him, God had already created and instituted the church so that you could come apart from the world and have a place where you could be fed and grow up and be nurtured. That place is called the church, and God did it for you when you could not do it for yourselves. And here we are today. You and I don't have to worry about whether the doors of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ are going to shut down. We don't have to worry if the coffers are going to run out of money. We don't have to worry if the gates of hell are going to come in here and wipe all of us out because Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18, this is my church. I will build this church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church of the Lord Jesus Christ that he created for you specifically before you ever thought about him. This is God's church. It was built by Jesus Christ and the gates of hell will not prevail against this warm, safe place called the church. She's safe today. And yet some of you would sit under the sound of my voice in this service today. And you'd say, I'm going to leave the church. I'm going to walk out the back door of the church. I'm not going to be part of the church anymore because it looks to me from where I stand like the world is winning and we are losing and it's all going away and it's going to go under. You're thinking about leaving the church. 
Listen, her enemies have persecuted her nearly into extinction. Her manual, the Bible, has been burned to try to erase its influence from the face of the earth. Her greatest saints have been martyred. Unbelievers have scoffed at her existence. Worldly prognosticators have predicted her demise for centuries. Motion pictures using dubious facts have attacked her credibility. And yet in just a few minutes, all around the world, preachers of every differing Christian denomination are going to give an invitation for people to come and join this wonderful organism called the church. And people are going to give their lives and pledge themselves to come and be a part of the church. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ is not going under. She's going over and then she's going up because the Lord's going to return and receive us unto himself that where he is there we may be also and before you walk out the back doors of this or any other church today and say I don't want anything to do with it I'm going to put it behind me I'm going to leave the back doors and I'm never coming back you better remember this your worst day in the church is better than your best day in the world ever was you better sit tight stay with the ship we're headed for glory for the boat slip that's been prepared for and honey, no matter what you hear on the news, no matter what you read in the newspaper, we're going to make it because Jesus said we were going to make it and that's enough for me. So the church is God's nesting place for you and I that he built. Something he did for us before we were ever even thinking about the church. Now I want you to see something. I'm going to hurry I got happy and preached a little longer there than I meant to. God pictures himself as an eagle. One day after Mama Eagle has built this beautiful, comfortable, warm, and wonderful nest, we see Mama Eagle and we see God as a disturber. One day, Mama Eagle comes back to the nest which she, she so beautifully crafted and she begins to tear it apart because she knows these little eaglets that were born to her care cannot live there forever. They can't stay at level one forever. She begins to tear apart the soft pelts of dead animals that she crafted and wove into the nest. She begins to tear apart the leaves and the grass, all of the soft, cozy, warm, and wonderful parts. Mama Eagle begins to tear apart. She begins to destroy the nest. She's disturbing things for the little eaglets. Listen, there are times when God will disturb your and my natural inclinations. Like an alarm clock. Many of you this morning had your head on the pillow when and some of you went right back to sleep, but you had it set on snooze, so 10 minutes later, there it was again. What did that alarm clock do? That alarm clock disturbed your natural inclination to want to keep on sleeping. That's what you wanted to do. Some of you here today, I know it. If it was cold enough outside and there was a misting rain, you'd have slammed the alarm clock against the wall. You'd have gone back to sleep and you'd still be asleep right now because that's your natural inclination. But like an alarm clock, God will sometimes disturb our natural inclinations. 
You ever notice when people come to church, they nearly about sleepwalk. Like a zombie. They come to church. Sunday school. They find their class. Sit down. Same chair they were in last week, the week before that, the month before that, and the month before that. They've been sitting in the same spot in Sunday school. Then they come into church. Hi, how you doing this morning? Fine. And it's like a radar directing them to their spot. Why, this is my spot. Before me, it was my daddy's spot. (laughs) Bless God, before him, it was my granddaddy's spot. We're charter members of this church. That's how we got this spot. Fact of the business, if you'll look down this row, there's mama's spot. There's Junior's spot. There's Sissy's spot. Everybody's got a spot going down the pew. And just watch them. They'll come into church and immediately, they may speak to somebody, they may not. But one thing you can know for sure, they are going to their spot. I've sat on the platform sometimes, watch people come in head for their spot. And they don't even look beneath them. They don't even look to see if there's anything there. Because no one would dare sit in their spot. I've often wondered what would happen if some visitor happened to come into the building. And mistakenly, because they don't know, sit in Pappy's spot. Pappy sit down right on top of somebody. They'd scream for dear life. He'd jump up off of them and have to go home because he's not ready to deal emotionally with the fact that somebody sat in his spot. Most of us are sleepwalking through our relationship with God, complete with our own spot right there in the house of God. Well, God will disturb our natural inclinations. He will move us out of our spot. Whatever it is he has to do to move us, God will disturb us in order to move us. God says, I want your satisfaction level to come up to where my satisfaction level is, and God's satisfaction level is victory, 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 nothing short of victory, and God's not satisfied with your satisfaction level till it comes up to where his is, to where you won't do with anything other than complete and total victory. God will disturb us to move us. God will do that to us sometimes. He will disturb where we are to take us to where he wants us to be. I had a friend of mine pastored a great church down in Jackson, Mississippi. Tornado came ripping through one night, tore the church to pieces. This was a young church. They were only about two years old. They just built a new sanctuary, and now tornadoes come through and destroyed the whole place. He said, I don't know what we're going to do. We'll never be able to rebuild after this. But not only did they rebuild, revival broke out in that church. People started coming from all the way across town to come to that church. And three years after the tornado hit, they were running twice what they were running before the tornado hit. God wanted to disturb them in order to move them to a better place. God will disturb us in order to move us. Then, and I'm hurrying, I promise, 
Mama Eagle comes home, begins to rip the nest apart. She disturbs things so that the little baby eaglets won't get too comfortable there. Then she comes home one day and there's fire in her eyes. She's mad. I mean, she's hot. She flies down upon what's left of the nest and then pushes the little baby eaglets out of the nest and hollers as they go, it's time for you to go out on your own. Now you might think how horrible, how mean, how terrible it is that Mama Eagle would come home and push her babies out of the nest and just tell them it's time for them to go. But it's not mean. Mama Eagle knows that these eagles are big enough now that they need to fly on their own. And if they're not able to fly on their own, she knows there are predatory animals out there that would love nothing better than to snap them up and have them for supper. Just kill the baby eaglets. She's doing what she must do to protect them in the future. She's teaching them how to fly so they can get away from enemies that would snatch them up and kill them. God does the same thing for us. There comes a time in our lives where God pushes us out of the nest. Where God says it's time for you to fly. You have walked long enough. You've crawled long enough. You've attempted to run long enough. No, no, it's time for you to fly. God wants to develop us. He has disturbed us to move us. Now he wants to develop us into the kind of Christian he wants us to be. So what does he do? He begins to shape and mold our character. Listen, it's not the high times on the mountain that build our character. It's the low times in the valley. It's not the problems we readily solve immediately that make us bigger and stronger. It's the ones we've got to fight and wrestle until we finally whip them. That's where our character is built. So God takes us down to the gym. And how many of you in this building, especially you young guys, how many of you work out some? Everybody wave at me, those of you that try to work out anyway. Yeah, yeah, several. They got a saying down at the gym, don't they? It's four words. No pain, no gain. Same thing in God's gymnasium. God's trying to make you into a bigger, stronger, better developed Christian. So he puts you on the bench. He says, put your hands on the bench press and push. Oh God, that's easy. I'm going to put some more weight on there. Somebody's going to lie about you. Somebody's going to talk about you. Going to get something started about you. Oh, God. Oh, God. That's heavy. Push it. Oh, God. They're lying about me. I can't get it up. God says, push it. I want you to be everything I want you to be. And you're never going to be all you should be until you learn how to lift the pressure that gets put on you in life. God's trying to develop you into what he wants you to be. No pain, no gain. Things aren't going right, God, push it. 
My kids are running wild. God, push it. My spouse is not acting right. God, push it, push it, push it. I want you to work through it so that you can be all you need to be. God is developing us. Just like Mama Eagle has pushed the eaglets out of the nest, God says, it's time for you to fight. It's time for you to push it. It's time for you to fly. Then lastly, the little eaglet starts, after being pushed out of the nest, falling, falling head over heels, falling and falling and falling, flapping its little wings, trying to fly, but it doesn't know how. It's not yet accustomed to this. This has never happened. This is day one of a process, and it looks like the little eaglet, the faster she falls, the faster the earth seems to rise to meet her and she's flapping her wings and she's not going to make it and just about the time that she knows she's going to hit the ground all of the sudden the majestic wings of mama eagle start to spread and she swoops down from the nesting place or what's left of it and with speed that you cannot imagine makes her way to the falling eaglet that cannot yet fly and just about the time she reaches the point of no return where she's going to die the wings of the mama eagle spread out majestically underneath the little eaglet and the little eaglet instead of landing on the earth in her death lands on the cushy wings of mama eagle and Mama Eagle carries her back to safety. You see, she not only came to disturb the little eaglet, she wanted to develop the little eaglet, but she knows the end from the beginning because from the place she's sitting, she can see she's going to be there to deliver the baby eaglet when she knows she cannot fly. Some of you have been there. God, I can't take it. And this time, instead of telling you to push it, God says, I'll lift it for you. God says, I'll save you. God says, I'll deliver you. God says, I'm going to deliver you because of grace. I'm going to deliver you because of mercy. But make no mistake about it, I said I would be with you always, even to the end of the world, and I meant I'd be with you always, even to the end of the world. A mountain climber was addressing a group of college students by invitation of the professor. He told them all about the ins and outs of mountain climbing. He said, now students, I want you to know something. When a mountain climber climbs a mountain and he gets to the top and he begins to come down, and he sees that he cannot get down before darkness overtakes him. He said, a mountain climber never defies the darkness. But when he sees darkness is going to overtake him, he finds a crevice in the side of the rock in that mountain. He pulls himself inside of it, ties a rope around his waist, and hangs there all night one of the students spoke up and said it must get mighty uncomfortable 
hanging there with a rope cutting into your waist, suspended between heaven and earth. It must get cold and you can't go to sleep because you might freeze to death. It must be terribly uncomfortable to have to do that. And the mountain climber said, young person, it doesn't matter how bad the rope hurts as it cuts into your flesh as you hang there in a crevice in the side of the rock in a mountain. It doesn't matter how cold you get. It doesn't matter how you know you cannot sleep because you'll freeze to death. It doesn't matter how much pain you must endure. The only thing that matters, the mountain climber said, is that you're there in the morning. Some of you today are not all here because you're not all there. You need to understand that the things that are going on in your life may be to disturb you in order to move you. It may be that God is seeking to develop something in your character that will make you a better Christian. God's got you a place today. It's the safe place. It's the church. He created it. He saved you a place. He may be disturbing some of you believers today to move to a deeper level. He may be developing your character today through something that you're going through, but never fear, God has saved you a place. God has saved you a place. He saved you a place where you could pray for your children. He saved you a place where you could feel the fellowship of believers. He saved you a place. The question today is, will you put the pieces together and understand what he's trying to say to you? He saved you a place. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you'd like to contact Dr. Steele, you can go to his website at jeffrsteele.com. If you'd be interested in Dr. Steele coming to speak or having the Steele's minister at your next event, there's a booking inquiry form there. You may also call the office at 256-590-2068.